Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons, joined by DeMarco Farr, and it is October 10th, Wednesday, yeah. 11 a.m. Pacific Time here in Agora Hills, California, and the Rams are 5-0. and 5-0 for the first time since 2001, DeMarco. That's a nice-looking suit, right? Putting yeah. on 5-0. and 0. Yeah. That just makes you feel good, look good, play good. That's 5-0. great. I like saying, I just like saying undefeated. Yeah, the undefeated Los Angeles Rams. I, I like that better. Five weeks of the 2018 season. Pretty cool. Um, absolutely cool. What, much deserved. I think uh, so. What a dogfight in Seattle. 33-31, to 31, yeah. the final score of that one, as the Rams eked out a win. No, um, scratching and clawing. Don't say eked out. That's the same thing. No, that's, scratching and clawing, is tra- that's like surviving. Eking out is like you're crawling across the finish line. Okay, well, they didn't crawl yeah. across the finish line. Fine. They, they weren't were... the last place finisher on a high school track team where you clap them in. That's <laughs> eking out. All right, no, fine. Scratching and clawing. They aggressively went for it on fourth down in order to get that there win. There you go. Yeah. yeah there nice. we go. Yeah. They showing... took it. Yeah. Yeah, they took it. They took it. Um, and that that last play, it wasn't that last, last play, but the play that decided the game the was. The sneak for the win? Yes, yeah. the sneak for the win. I didn't expect it. Um, I didn't necessarily think that I, I didn't, man. And you're you looking ex- at me like I'm crazy. You didn't expect McVeigh to go for it, or, or the play that was called. Neither. Really? I I don't know. I don't know what I thought was oh, going to happen, well, but I just I didn't think I wouldn't have done it. And this is why I'm not a head coach, yeah, and yeah. Sean McVeigh is. Um, I, it's not even that I say trust your defense because look, you know, going up against Russell Wilson, that things can happen and yeah, weird yeah. things can happen, and he can throw it down. I just, I didn't think that the Rams would be that aggressive in that circumstance because they were on their own side of the field. I wouldn't have put my defense in that situation. Okay. I mean, unless they were playing lights out, unless Russell Wilson was going three and out, three and out, three and out, one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick. Uh, I wouldn't have put him in that situation, not in Seattle, not when Russell Wilson had some sort of momentum. Yeah. Um, And that's, I guess that's why you call head coaches like captains or skippers, man. They got to read the wind. Um, reading the the momentum of that game and how it felt, the, the right choice was to try to win it there. Yes. This is your last choice if you're Sean McVay, your last opportunity here to, to have victory within your own hands. Mm-hmm. After that, you're sending your defense out and hoping. Right. Yeah. Right choice, right call, they got it. No, absolutely it was the right choice and right call, especially because there was only, what, like 6 to 12 inches that you needed. You yeah. know, so you do, you call that play, you have Jared Goff fall forward and he gets two yards, not just six inches that he needs, but he gets the first down and yeah. that you, you, you've ended the game at that point. Well, think about this, right? I love this. It's six inches and look on the other side, defensively, we are trained and taught and brainwashed into thinking we can stop that. Okay. Number two, the offense knows the play and they know the snap count right they should get a half a beat jump on any defense in the world i don't care what they have up front so any team worth its salt in that situation should be able to pick up six inches to a foot to a yard to win a football game on the road yes i think and that was the attitude Mm -hmm. you know you talk to sean mcveigh after the game and it, it sort of became this interesting oral history thing that i think all the beat reporters were trying to do like okay how did the fourth down decision come about Excuse me. And then Sean McVay is basically like, you know, looked at the players and talking to the players. The players wanted to go for it. And it's like, okay. So then you start talking to the players and it's like, 
Andrew Whitworth is like, I was on the bench. I was in full pout mode already. Jared Goff is like, I was talking to the official. And Todd's oh. like, I was on the sideline. And so I think... You, miscon- you, you, you misunderstood him when he said, I looked at the players. It may not, been, it may not have been one of his offensive guys. It, I, it probably was all the defensive guys. Go for it. Hmm. Pick that damn thing up and win the game. Yeah. It's right there. Why give them X amount of plays against us when they only need a field goal? Right. Win it there. Right. Well, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I just thought, I think, what I was going to say about it is I think Sean yeah. McVay does this thing where mm-hmm. a lot of the time, he, all the time, he deflects praise yeah. and he accepts blame. You know what I mean? Of course. So, yeah. that and good head coaches always do this, right? But I think in that particular situation, he was maybe giving the players a little more credit than well, he, like for making the decision that he made. I think it's true because it may not necessarily have been the guys that you mentioned. It might have okay. been his left tackles on the bench. It might have been that Jared Goff is doing something different. But I, I would suggest that the, the guys standing around him were probably defensive guys or backups well, that were saying, hey, look, let's go out and win this football game. You or, have every confidence in your call. Or it is other guys that are on that offensive yeah. unit. I mean, and that just because it's three guys and you yeah, think yeah. of those three guys as captains, because they are, but you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? But there are other guys like Rob Havenstein. You know, we talked to him in the locker room. Did you see his we block to go on that? I, Rob My Havenstein God. was as fired up as I've ever seen Rob Havenstein after they made that. Yeah. Like he makes the block. They pick it up clearly. He gets up and throws the fist pump of a lifetime, and I've never seen that from When him. he came into the locker room after the game screaming sneak for the win, it looked like The Undertaker had just walked in from the WWE. That's how <laughs> big he looked and how like psyched up he was. Yeah, I mean, in those situations, I, I'm glad. And some coaches won't even care to read. When your players know they can pick up that yard, he'll punt. Yeah. And and regardless of how the game went, they will lose confidence in you. We knew we could pick this up, but you didn't even give us a chance to do it. Right. I'm glad that Sean McVay went with his gut and said, my guys think we can do it. I believe in them. And they picked it up and won the game. Did you see Goff after it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is what happens when you make those calls right. and you hit it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All no, the pain it, goes away. <laughs> yeah. All the ooeys and the owies and, and the stuff you're making me do during the week of practice makes it a little bit easier when you trust your guys and you hit it. It's always easier to correct after a win than a loss. And that, I think we no all doubt. know that. But I, I just... I like the aggressiveness of the yeah. call. I like that now that's how you have said, we are going to take this game and we are going to be winners now of three of the last four in Seattle, a notoriously difficult mm-hmm. place to play. And I know that you can go back and you say, all right, well, one of those wins was mm-hmm. when the franchise was A, <coughs> different city, and B, had a different coaching staff. Right. But I think you still have a lot of guys who were there for 2015 when you won in Seattle for the first time since the 2004 yeah. season. And now you've been able to go up there, and in consecutive years, you defeat that team. And not that we didn't kind of already know the, know this going in, but we know now that the NFC West runs through Los Angeles. I, I, think, it, I think maybe now that people in Seattle would agree with you. Maybe people on that team would agree with you, but you still have another matchup with them. So you do. You it's do. not just, it's not over yet. No. And those things change real fast. Because I remember when the NFC West crown used to live in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And then it moved to St. Louis and then back to Seattle and then yeah. back to Los Angeles. So these things move around. So um, it's, it's year to year the way it goes. But I do remember watching the Rams beat the Seahawks. That's not new. But I remember thinking, and probably the Seahawks did too, you stole one from us. You didn't really. 15? You didn't really beat them. You just 
you stole it from them. I think that year they beat them. Well, I mean, in some years. Like, oh, oh uh, yeah, you mean like if in St. Louis? Yeah. yeah like 2014. Yes. When Austin Davis is at quarterback and he's throwing across you the middle. You snuck one. To, yeah. Yeah, you snuck to one. Austin Pettis or whoever. Or maybe it was Chris Givens. Right, at, right. At that point, yeah. This is different. I mean, this, is. this is, okay, it's fourth down. We're actually giving you a chance to... Probably win the game if you don't if we don't pick this up. Yes. Yeah, they can drive Very down and kick a field. Win the game. Absolutely, that's a challenge, and it they is. won. Yeah. So it, it's that was the same. It was about the same heartbreak as getting stomped last season, mm-hmm. scoring forty two points, blowing them out. I bet this one hurts worse. It might. Yeah, I mean, you were right there. You had a chance to win it at the end. Yeah. But I, I asked a couple guys um, in the locker room following the game just about winning three or four in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So one of those guys, Roger Saffold, and he's one of the guys that I think you can't help but feel good for, especially, you know, as he gets his 100th start, he's yeah. played for the Rams going back years and years and years. He He's seen some stuff. Yeah, he found some know? good glue. Yeah. Yeah, to, to hold himself together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He stayed together pretty well. Exactly. Yeah. So I just want to read what he said. Said. And so when I asked about winning three or four in Seattle, and he just says, I just think that this just continues the rivalry. These guys weren't here, meaning his teammates now in L.A., but I remember the days when Golden Tate used to taunt us before he got into the end zone. Oh, yeah. I remember the days when we had the, clo- we had the close games in the Edward Jones Dome. And you can say this weighs in my decision of what I think about this team, meaning Seattle, but at the end of the day, we knew it was going to be a tough and physical game. We had to overcome a lot of adversity in this one, and I think that speaks volumes about yeah. our team. Well, so. I'm glad the youngsters that are getting in on this rivalry are coming in on this side of yeah. it. Yeah. Because it sucks when you're coming in from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I, I know we hate them, but we just can't beat them. So you have to stay with that feeling for a long time. Is that how it felt with San Francisco oh in the God. early part of your career? Dude, it's like you, you started out six feet under right and then you had to crawl your way out of that and then finally get over the top so you know either way you stay in this long enough uh, you're going to be at the top or the bottom yes that's just the way it goes yeah, yeah it is um so same question i asked to todd Gurley, and this one's funny because Gurley has basically only known success in seattle mm-hmm. aside from 2016 like he's mm-hmm. won three of the four games he's played there in his career so he said i told the fans this is my stadium this is my city we're taking over. That's what the Rams are coming to do. So feels good. No Love better it. place to win than in Seattle against the 12th man. Love so, it. That's yeah, awesome. heck yeah, yeah. If you want, if you're mad about that, do something about it. Yeah. Good luck. He's got 10 buddies he travels with. <laughs> yeah, and five are really big. Five, five are really big. Five and, are really big. Right now, they are the most effective offensive line in the league, according to some certain metrics. Pro Football Focus being one of them. But I think if you also just look at the tape, you can mm-hmm. see it. You know. Absolutely, uh, they're doing great. I mean, like you said, that that sneak play at the end—that's every bit them as it is the entire team. Oh heck yeah! Because they had to actually get in there and root those guys out. There were some great blocks in there. I mean, some great blocks and a great read by Jared Goff to pick that thing up. But. Showed a lot of toughness. A lot of toughness. No no question. Um, One of the things that the Rams had to overcome in that game was injuries. And Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup both going out in the same game. That's all really tough for any team to overcome. Now, I think what we've seen (coughs) the Rams do this year, and it's a good thing, is that in one game you lost your top two corners. That was against the Chargers. You won. In this game, you lost two of your top three wide receivers. You won. So, if this team in a knows, game where you lost your place kicker, yes, and you, and won. you won, yeah, if this, and your returner in that thing, if this team knows anything, it's yeah. that okay. When we have to face some adversity, don't flinch, don't blink. That's what McVeigh always says. We can go get this thing done. Yeah, it's it, there's great depth at most positions, if not all positions. Guys that are either playing major snaps now or 
in a backup capacity have played major snaps before. So you can go from, say, an Aqib Tlaib to a Troy Hill, and I don't want to say not miss a beat, but at least defensively, schematically, you're not missing a beat. You don't have to change what you right. do. And same thing on the other side. If you lose Marcus Peters or if you lose this guy or that guy. Mark, uh, Mark Barron looked like he'd been starting all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, just fit right in with the defense. So, I mean, that that's a luxury to have. Jamon Brown can't wait to get back in. Yeah. Another guy who's got a lot of experience sitting on the bench. So uh, I, th- I think that's the foundation that was built before this era began with some of these players. Meaning what? Just how, how you get reps with young guys and getting people ready to play. And then all of a sudden, okay, it is your time to play. Okay, now you're not going to play as much because we brought this guy in, but stay ready because anything could happen. Mm-hmm. So when you build that sort of foundation – you know, the great teams don't take a back seat because they have to set down their starter. They have other guys waiting to play. Yes, exactly. Uh, just quickly to update on Cup and Cooks, yeah. their status. Uh, we don't necessarily know how they're going to go through the concussion protocol. That is a process. And so McVay said on Monday that they were both feeling good. They're both feeling good. better. So they're hopeful to have them back this week. But since we are recording on Wednesday and we're recording before practice, we just don't quite know exactly yeah, yeah. where that's going to be later in the week. So just to update on that. But, and I thought there's some things that should be impossible in this day and age, like robbing a bank in broad daylight when everyone has camera phones. Where in the hell are you going? How <laughs> in the hell was that hit on Brandon Cooks, not flagged? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, yes. I thought that's what we're supposed to be looking out for in the right. National Football League. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what McVay says. I'm sure he'll be asked about this uh, today in his press conference. But he w- he said that that's something that they want to address without yeah. LeBron. Just because you want to know what exactly the rules are and how, how those things should be called. How did you miss that? I know the rules. I know the, the mechanisms. I know how. But how did you miss that? That's if, what I want to know. When every when you've got two teams and both of their sidelines have trainers literally running onto the field after a hit in this day and age, like mm-hmm. that should be something yeah. where you have a penalty. And I understand in some ways, you know, that maybe this you, isn't you a think trainer missing a shoulder. guy that's injured. This is I, an official that's paid to see that. I know. Yeah. Not only that, but right, like you have guys who are supposed to buzz down for concussions, different things like that. Maybe if you, if somebody sees something, that should be penalized. Well, that hit should have been flagged, definitely. And it, I'm not saying anything about the guy who delivered the shot. He's just playing football. But right. that is supposed to be a penalty right, this right, year. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, that, and that's that's all I'm saying. That's what Sean McVay said too. It, it's not anything about malicious intent. Yeah, the, the foul has nothing to do with right. intent or not because. Yes, like you said, that guy is playing football. He is trying to do what he's supposed to do. If I played safety, that's what I'd do. Right. Yeah. But however, right. it, it's a foul. Right. So that, you know, regardless Especially of intent. when you're throwing unnecessary roughness on Troy Hill for body slamming a guy on top of himself. Right. Okay, that is flagged, but that missed. Right. Okay, that doesn't make sense to exactly. me at all. Exactly, because, yeah. I mean, in, in both contexts, you can say that they were extensions of a football play. And again, it doesn't have to do with intent. When you're Troy Hill and you're trying, you're just trying to make sure that the guy is down. Right. Because there's nobody else there. It's one on one, and you, yes, you body slam the guy. Well, yeah. On you, your body. And, and you I didn't have why to do it flat. if you're Troy. You I get why you did it, but it. you didn't have to exactly. do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's still in the context of, to me, right. a football play. Right. And again, so is this hit on Brandon Cooks. It's in the context, but that doesn't mean it's not a foul. Oh, if I saw that and I'm playing safety and I saw their guy do that to my guy and it wasn't flagged, oh, you just lit the fuse. Okay, well, we're, we're playing that style of football? Oh, great. 
Right. So make sure you call it fair on both sides. Yeah. So when I take his head off, miss the flag too. Yeah. 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 But um, I think in terms of the players that happened to had to replace mm -hmm. Cup and Cooks in that second half, first of all, you saw Robert Woods really step up. Big time. And that's yeah. not a surprise at all. He no. seems to always play Seattle very, very well. And that goes back to his career um, with the Bills when he played them back on Monday Night Football in I, that one game. I want him to do more of what he did with YG in the end zone. Keep doing – no, I mean, keep playing like you're playing, but keep doing that stuff. Because, like, call Isaac Bruce. You know, if you remain quiet, they won't call you what you are, a superstar. Hmm. Be that guy. Okay. Because you need to get more credit for what you're doing. Yes. That is, that is what you call a true pro, to where you lose this guy and this guy, and all of a sudden he just steps up without saying a word. Yeah. I just know what my job is. He, and it's not just his job, yeah. because he switched positions in the offense yeah. to play at Cooper Cup's spot. Well, my job so is huge. to be the man down the field now. Right. Yeah. Now, instead of, okay, well, I run a clear out and let Cooks catch it, or I do this and let Cup catch it. Well, I got to do everything. Mm -hmm. Seamlessly. Seamlessly. That, that's, that's awesome. So, whenever he gets into the end zone again, if he spikes it, does a double backflip, and crawls up the goalpost, I would applaud him. <laughs> good. I hope that makes the 24-hour news cycle. You need to get more credit for how good you are. I, I agree with you. I think that Robert Woods has been so consistent and mm -hmm. so good since he's arrived here. Um, and I, I don't know that he's gotten the credit that he deserves to get. Yeah. I, I bet there's some kids out there, and this is what we used to do. I used to pretend I was Marcus Allen, diving mm -hmm. over the top. I bet there's some kid out there making catches, pretending he's Robert Woods. I hope so. Yeah, he's, he's, he's inspiring to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but McVeigh gave him a lot of credit, and mm -hmm. so did Jared Goff, for just the way he was able to transition in the Cups role. And not only on the offense, but also on special teams, going mm -hmm. out and fair catching those punts. That's huge. That is huge. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It, I'm sorry, like, but... Any, it's not yeah. easy to go out there and catch a punt. See, kids, you were out there for that pregame conversation with Player X. We won't bring yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah. Work on your craft, man. Mm -hmm. it, it pays to be versatile. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if you ask Robert Woods to return a kick, his answer should be yes. Uh -huh. I now bet you, it would be. Now, you would be crazy for asking him to do it, but yes, you should be able to do everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for situations like this. And because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So the more you can do, as, Absolutely. as they say. Um, but that was, I thought that was pretty big just for that. Um, in terms of if Cup cannot come back, JoJo Natson is definitely a candidate to come back. And uh, depending on the way his hand responds, he could be the returner against um, the Broncos this week. But we will see God, again as the I can goes smell on. the hunger on him. Natson? Oh, my God. Yeah. He wants it bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we get to these other two wide receivers, real quick, since we're talking about returns, Matt Longacre, what? Like, oh, dude, how I about bad that, What did you do? Did you walk under a ladder? Did you break a mirror? Hey, man, like, did, he did, got... Did, did a black cat cross a... You get a sack, and it gets taken back. Right. Poor, come on. I know. The guy worked so hard. He did. He got a sack in Seattle, and it got taken... Come on. It, it did. Yeah, that's and, horrible. And, and the things that you're really getting credit for are kick returns. As but that was awesome, linebacker. too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, so it was funny. We asked McVay about it, and McVay yeah. was like, you know what? That's going to be on the ball security tape this yeah, week. Right. Because he held it high and tight, had great ball security, got up the field... Gave, gave Lawrence good field yeah. position. Yeah. At a 14-yard return and a 16-yard return. So good for him. You have possession of the most important thing in Los Angeles. And the that's ball. the way he ran. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. That was Running great. hard and protected the rock. That was great. Um, Josh Reynolds. So he did, was able to get in mm -hmm. after uh, Cooks and Cup go down. Do you think that this is a guy who can maybe carve out a role for oh, himself? Yeah. If he, if, look, if there were no Cooks, if there were no Woods, if there were no Cup, 
and he got more reps. Absolutely. He's got everything you need. Yeah. This guy's fast. He, he can catch. He's tough. He can, he'll do everything you ask him to do. All he needs is reps. It's just, it's a crowded field right now. It is. Yeah. It's very crowded. Um, I just thought it was interesting that they went to him three straight plays, mm -hmm. basically right at the beginning of that half. And I think another guy a, who got reps last year, right? Yeah, it, it, a, it shows confidence mm -hmm. in the fact that, OK, you know, you've you've lost two of your top three wide receivers and you know that Robert Woods is probably going to have to have a big half in order for the Rams to win that game. However, you still have enough confidence in the guy that's coming off the bench to mm -hmm. say, look, we're going to you, man. They're not going to yeah. probably think that we're going to you, but we are. And you need to make the plays. And he did. I, I had a vision of him going off in like late November, December. Like okay. just bursting onto the scene because you don't have a lot of tape on them. Mm. And then all of a sudden, now they've got four receivers. You're having a tough time covering up three, and then you add this fourth that's a matchup problem too. Well, you don't have enough corners. Right. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine him exploding. Well, if it has to happen sooner, then so be it. Mm -hmm. But he's got reps, he's got the ability, and like you said, he's got the trust of the staff and the quarterback. Yeah, it was good to see that from him. Also, <coughs> Hodge then, also yeah. getting out on the field, had a big, big play. And what they call the second and long. So it's the get back on track plays. Yeah, yeah. So you've got like second and nine or longer. And then Jared Goff uh, goes to his left and then finds Hodge for that big 14-yard gain for a first down. You've been around him. Hodge? Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Does he smile? I don't know. Yeah, he's busy. He's at work. I love that dude. Yeah. I mean, literally, he's bringing his lunch pail every day. Yeah, he's here to work. I like that guy. The yeah. lunch pail reference. I always love the lunch pail reference. You know what? He is here I know what to you mean, but work. I, think it's I, I love that about that guy. Absolutely. Uh, you know what's kind of funny? And I was talking to this, uh, about this, I should say, with a couple people who, who work here. There is a Los Angeles Ram who is leading the, 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 the yards passing right now in the National Football League. There is a, you mean Goff? Yeah. Is, is, is leading what now? He's leading the league in yards passing. What's wrong with that? It's not wrong. It's just oh. weird. Why is that weird? It's because... Please explain this weirdness. Uh, because this is my fifth year covering this team, and like in the pre in the first three years of covering. Oh, the team, you've never seen this before. I've never seen. Oh, this before. I've I've That's seen this. I mean. I've seen this a few you've times. You've seen it. Yeah. When you were a part of the and team, this, and you'll love the ending. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, the ending is awesome. The ending is great. <laughs> yes. Well, I hope it ends in that yeah. way. But it's it's great. It's great to see how what, how much golf has progressed. I yeah. think just being in the second year of a system, like nobody, I I don't think. It's probably hard to own under or, oh, I don't know. It's just probably hard to overstate the importance of what being in the second year of an offensive system can do for a young quarterback. You know what I mean? Right. And being and The having, right system. Right. Yeah. Having all the continuity that the Rams have had in this offense. Like, you're not learning new people. You're not learning a new system. Mm -hmm. If this is, we are picking up where we left off and we're getting better. And that, to me, is a big reason why you see Goff in so many of the like the top two, top mm -hmm. three in so many categories yeah, of yeah. offensive passing statistics. You know, it was funny getting ready for the coaches show. Me, JB, the, the normal cast were sitting there waiting for Sean McVay. Right. Right behind us is Drew Brees getting ready to set a record. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that popped in my head is, I wonder if we stay in this long enough, is Jared going to be chasing those numbers? And then I, I read an article this morning. They say passing yards are through the roof. They are. Yeah. I mean, you may see at some point if Goff and McVay continue to grow in this offense and they get better and better and better. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's threatening records. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of quarterbacking records are going to fall in this era. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, especially if you have quarterback um, and coach pairings like Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees. That's one of the best of all time mm-hmm. in terms of melding a system with a quarterback that fits it. No doubt. Completely. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. people talk about Walsh and Montana. That's definitely one of the great ones. Belichick and Brady, you can talk all you want about that. But I think just in terms of a, 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 a coach and a player mm-hmm. going out there and setting records. No doubt. Like, and being consistent on offense, I should say. Right, like, on the same page offensively. There, I don't think there's ever been a duo better than Breeze and Peyton. Uh, I just don't think so. I mean, I could, I'll, I'll throw out McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Fair. they're on the same page. But uh, yeah. I know where you're going, where yeah. quarterback and coach and play caller are on the same page. Yes. I mean, and I think that is what you're building here, or at least at the embryo stage of. I would agree with that. And but... usually records fall when you have guys like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Be- between these two guys that are here and then, you know, there's only been five games of this uh, in this season. But in Kansas City, when yeah, you yeah. have somebody like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, it just... It looks like I wish he would have met him. Yeah, I wish Mahomes would have met Reed a little bit younger, like when he was younger. Yeah, 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 that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that stops Jared Goff in this offense, let's just say, when they're functioning at on all cylinders and just rolling, and like they, they never were against Minnesota, and they never lose another guy. The only thing that stops him from like breaking records is a two thousand yard rushing season. <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously, that's what that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in this offense with the weapons he has and. They're on the cutting edge of things. Yeah, get used to seeing this for a while, Miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, you're right. Um, but it, it's interesting right now, as I said, Goff, top of the leaderboard in the league, 1727 in terms of mm-hmm. yards. It's number two in completion percentage behind that guy we were just talking about, Drew mm-hmm. Brees, 72.3%. His pass has been complete. Number two in passer rating, 119.7, and number two in yards per attempt yeah. at 10.4, which is a very, very, very big number if you're averaging 10.4 yards No doubt. Per and he's only been sacked, what, six times? Yeah. Yeah, he's very stingy with his body. I love it. Yeah. Not only that, like Johnny Hecker, I think, has punted nine times. Maybe? Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Johnny's fun to talk to on the sideline. I bet he is. Yeah, I like him there. Is yeah. he bored? Like how, Not how bored. He's, he? he's as into it as anybody, Um, but you better put McQuaid out there. That's the dude that needs to go hit somebody a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he gets bored. Like honestly, he may hit you. I think yeah. that you almost need to start calling him holder Johnny Hecker because yeah. that's what he's doing much more often than punting. I just love watching those guys. I could tell what's going on on the field just by watching them. Seriously, because they're warming up the punt, warming up the punt, then all of a sudden they switch. They're warming up for a field goal. Okay, that's we just moved into scoring territory. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, credit to Cairo Santos for coming back from the missed extra point hitting that game-winning field goal. We'll see as the week progresses if Greg Zerline can come back. Um, but the part of the reason they signed Cairo Santos in the first place was to not have to rush Greg Zerline. Right. Um, field goals, place kicking, it is what it is. Place kicking in the NFL has been an adventure this year. It I, really, really has. I don't know why. Yeah, that's... Things happen in the league. They're like viruses, and it's affecting PKs right now, but... Place kicking is one thing, but kickoffs, you can't give people short fields. Yep. Yeah, you just can't do it, especially on the road. Agreed. Yeah, it's hard enough for Russell Wilson to go from 20 to 20. Well, don't give him the 50. Right. Yeah, don't give Case Keenum any more opportunities than he's going to have normally, Mm -hmm. especially up there in Denver. Yes. Yeah, you've got to get that part straightened out. Yes. All right, so before we take it to the defense, I do want to tell everybody about my favorite headphones from Bose. So the Los Angeles Rams get ready for game day with the powerful noise-canceling technology of Bose QuietComfort 35 to headphones. 
can learn more at www.bose.com backslash Rams Bose, the official headphones of the Los Angeles Rams. Man, crank them up. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was rocking out coming home, um, yeah. coming back from Seattle. I always use my Bose headphones. Do you really? Like, literally every day. Do you rock out on the way home? Like, how do you come down so from a game? So, I don't necessarily rock out, but what I'll do is I will have, first of all, I have to transcribe things normally. Uh, okay. So, shout out to my intern, Clarence Dennis, for helping me out with that as well. Um, but after that, then it's music time. And, you know, okay. I'll, I'll, so a lot of the time, if I've really got to get something done, we'll turn on Inner Visions by Stevie Wonder. Nice. That entire album. Nice. That is like really, really that does, great. That really doesn't qualify as rocking out though. No, I know. Yeah. But that's what, you asked how I like, how I get things done on the No, I home. said, do you rock out? I, so I more the or less rock out. The answer would have been no. No, I know. Yeah, I, more okay. or less, I rock out more or less on the way there. Oh, like okay. on, on the plane or if like, I'll rock out on the way from this, uh, the hotel to the stadium. Okay. That's I just, where I rock out with my Bose headphones. I just got to block out the, the, the noise for a hot minute and just like review in my head what I just saw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And okay. and and reconcile some of the feelings. Like 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 going back to that fourth down play. Uh the end of the game when I saw the trot team or the the trot team. The punt team trot out there. I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute <laughs> the trot now." Trot team punt out there. Well, when I saw the punt team roll out, I'm <laughs> yeah, like, "Whoa, wait a minute now." And then when they made the flop, I'm like, "Okay, that's it." It was just such an interesting sequence because at first you do. You have the punt team that starts to go out there and then Pete yeah. Carroll calls a timeout. And then it was funny um, hearing some of the Seattle reporters talk after the games. We're like waiting for the elevator and they're like, I keep getting tweets about people being mad Pete Carroll used he their timeout. Used timeout. Like, yeah. Of course he used the timeout. I, I, yeah. It, it would have been bad football to not use the timeout. I thought maybe earlier in that drive you had an opportunity to stop the clock. But, you know, in that situation you really weren't going to get the ball back. Right. Yeah. And also, uh, I don't know how much you were able to see it from where you were, but th that second and eight or second and seven play mm -hmm. where Gurley runs it to the left, mm -hmm. that looked at least from the what I saw that he got that first oh, down. Oh, the first down. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I thought that there should have been at least some kind of review. And I think mm. that New York kind of dropped the ball on that one because to me it looked like he got it on that play. Yeah. And then we wouldn't even have had the discussion about the fourth and one. Well, so maybe it's better. Not throwing anybody under the bus more than we've already done about officiating. And I hate even doing it. But okay. look, everybody should be held to the same standard. The you standard know? is the standard. Yeah. I mean, everybody, look, if, if you make a mistake on defense, if you get caught looking at corner, you get beat for a touchdown. Uh, if, if you get caught looking the wrong way in blitz protection, your quarterback pays for it. Then everyone should be held accountable for a wrong spot, especially when it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, that, I, that I'm was with you huge. On that. It yeah. was huge. Yeah, yeah. It was huge because again, it could have changed the entire complexion of the game. Mm -hmm. And we all know that the Rams really were kind of struggling on defense, right? I mean, especially in the run game. So and you're not necessarily going to be running at that point in the game, but I, I do want to talk about the run defense because when you give up 190 yeah. yards on 32 carries, yeah, yeah. 5.9 yards per carry, you got to improve on well, that. Well, I mean, I, I hope people didn't think that the Rams are, were, were, were going to go up to Seattle and absolutely stymie the, stymie the Seahawks on the run. This has been the, rest, the best run team in the NFL the last three weeks. They have redoubled, renewed their efforts into running the football. This yeah. is how they're staying in games. So you knew they were going to run it. Now, some of the stuff is correctable. It is. You've got to get off blocks faster up front. We all know this disengage and make the play I don't or think we all don't miss tackles okay yeah. i don't think we all know this in that it's that's I, I don't think we all know that what do you, you mean know? 
Uh, we, you and me, I think know that, but I don't think that the general public is really, I, I don't want to well, say. Well, Seattle, ha, th- their whole game plan offensively is to run the ball. Yeah. They're going to have success with it. If, if you spend that much time trying to run the ball in the National Football League, you'll find holes. Right. That's just the way it goes. Right. Yeah. So, but I think, look, so you're And saying- if the other side of the ball is turning it over you have more opportunities to run the ball. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's another thing, um, and we sort of missed that on the offensive part, but I do want to go back to it for just yeah. a second. When you have – McVay said um, that he wants to start learning his lessons better about plays in the red zone. So, you know, mm. you call that passing play when it's, I think, second and goal from the two, and after Todd Gurley had just gotten you, what, three to five yards on first down. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think he's saying we should have just run Todd Gurley there, and then if that happens, you probably get a touchdown, and then you don't have – the Seahawks getting an extra possession. So that's one thing. Right. Um, but, yes, to get, to get back to the run defense, I think right now the, the Rams, yes, you've given up 31 points in two straight games. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that <coughs> you've really been able to tighten down in the fourth quarter. The Rams have not given up a fourth quarter touchdown all season long, mm-hmm. so that's important. However, when your defense is 29th in the league giving up five yards per carry, you've got to make some changes and correct that. No doubt. Um, and I think the changes are probably in technique and probably just a group that needs to come together a little bit more. Okay. And when you think about it, I mean, you lost to Lieb. Uh, you got Peters back quickly. Very quickly. Um, you're, you had to rotate Barron in there. Um, so, I mean, there's, it's not excuses, but there's st- this defense is still coming together. Right. It's not a finished product just yet. But like you said, when they do play it right, like in Seattle, when they play it correctly, the ball goes nowhere. Right. When there's a mistake up front, usually the running back finds it. Right. Or the quarterback finds it. And then it gets corrected, and you go back out, and you either shut them down or, or get the ball back. That's just the way defense is. But this is still an ongoing process with that side of the ball. I think it's important to note that you're integrating as many new starters as you are. Oh, man. And you've still got guys who aren't necessarily playing the positions they've always played in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Donovan Sue. Right, mm-hmm. you're integrating Samson Abukam still. Uh, Corey Littleton is still becoming the signal caller, and God. he's played very, very well. I wonder where he would be, just Samson Abukam, if he made every tackle attempt, like if he didn't miss a tackle. Right. Where would he be on the tackle chart? As far right. as tackles for loss. Right. Yeah. No, and that's that. I think is exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. You've got to make the plays when they're available to be made. Right. Because it's not always a scheme thing. It's just execution. Right. Right. It's just some people are learning positions. Some people are getting used to it, and you know the other team makes plays too. But I mean, it's not like you're getting run over, or you're getting out schemed to where the ball's getting outside, and it seems like you're playing with nine. That's not the situation. I would agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, some things are just breaking through. Right. The things that I think are more or less concerning is when you have third and three or shorter, right, Mm -hmm. and then they're running it up the middle and they get Mm -hmm. 20 yards, Mm -hmm. 38 yards, things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, they had, I think, five situations where it was third and three or fewer. They ran the ball four times, and they got four conversions Mm -hmm. on those plays. So that's the kind of stuff you've got to tighten up. True. And give that credit to the offensive line, too. Uh, that's the one thing that they did do, we talked about before that um, up in Seattle, was they had some continuity. This is their best five group, five men. Uh, this is their best line combina- combina- combination, and they've been playing well. And they played it. I think they hit the Rams for like three or four traps in the middle mm-hmm. where they trap they Aaron So yeah. it, with good running backs. 
So w whenever that's your game plan, eventually they're going to find holes and creases. Yes. And those backs are pretty good. They they're are. They're better than advertised. No, no, yeah. they, they definitely are. And that's why they've, they've run the ball as well yeah. as they have the last few weeks. And that little variable and quarterback called Russell Wilson is a problem. Yeah. You also have to watch him. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on up there. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I think the Rams have got to tighten that up. But, yeah. And it's notable the Rams are allowing 6.7 yards per carry in the second half of games. So, it, especially thinking about this Denver team that wants to run the ball, that does run the ball effectively, you mm -hmm. got to tighten that up. You have to, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, pass defense, though. So, what I saw a stat this week that is pretty crazy. So, the Rams are getting pressure basically better than any team in the league right now. They have the highest pressure rate. And that I, the, I saw this um, from the Twitter of the ESPN NFL matchup show. Right. Mm -hmm. So, they, they tweet out a bunch of stats. They're good guys. So they tweet out that the Rams have the best pressure rate in the league. Mm -hmm. Okay, But then also, if you look at the Rams and um, how they and how teams are stopping third down, like third and long, third and seven or longer, mm -hmm. the Rams are the worst in the league right now, and they're giving up 50% of those opportunities. It, those two numbers just seem incongruous, right? Yeah. yeah. You're getting good pressure, but you're giving up first downs. Right. Yeah. And they didn't tweet these things out at the same is that time. A, is that a nice way of saying the secondary needs to step up? I don't know what it is. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't oh. know. Because, I, you know, you look at the off-schedule plays that Russell Wilson was making mm -hmm. in last week's game. Mm -hmm. And not everything was off-schedule. Like, that, the, the long touchdown to Lockett, that was pretty on-schedule, and it was a very good throw. Mm -hmm. However, How there, did you say his name? Lockett. I thought it was, was just Lockett. Lockett. Yeah. I, I thought know. I was wrong. I don't know. I guess I, I called it wrong. I called him by it, like a different name to his face. Wow. Is it Lockett? I don't know. It might be Lockett. He did it to me again. See? It's Lockett. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Number 16 for the The little guy Seattle that can run. Yeah. yeah. The little okay. guy that can run that went yeah. to Kansas State. Yes. Um, that he's pretty good, and that was an on-schedule play. But there are other plays yeah. where it's like Nick Vanette. Are you trying to look for his name? Just to make sure. It's right here. Okay. L-O-C-K-E-T-T. -T. Lockett. Lockett. Anyway, go ahead. Move on. Tomato, kinda, tomato. Let's yes. call the old thing. There, no, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Let's, call, let's call the whole thing out. Yeah. Right. Um, but my point is those two numbers are so starkly different. And you would think that if the Rams are getting that, are getting that much pressure, they should be better on third down. I don't know what, it, what you need to do to be better on third down. Maybe not just pressure, bring down the quarterback with sacks. But then you also have to say, okay, well, they got, like, I think two or three sacks mm -hmm. that were wiped away because of defensive penalties. Mm -hmm. Sue had one. Longacre had one. I, I don't know what the biggest deal is, but you've got to get off the field on third down. It's all together. I mean, yeah. you don't want to be divisive, and sometimes those stats can be divisive because... They can be. That's a, that's a way of saying that you need to cover better. But, but I would argue that the pass rush, and it's been great, but sometimes they lose contain on the quarterback, which puts the secondary at risk. Yes, exactly. So it, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Whatever it is, if you're getting great pressure, cinch up coverage. You'll get off the field more, mm -hmm. right? Yes. If you're not getting good pressure, then you need to cinch up coverage and get off the field more. Either way, you just got to make more plays. I, I agree with you. Yeah. And whatever it is, you know, maybe it's more rushing from the edge. Do you think that the Rams have got to get better pressure from the edge. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not like anybody's threatening Von Miller on this team now. So far. No. So far, right. I mean, 
developing into a great pass rusher on the outside. Um, okay, we'll see. We're still waiting. Um, inside, I think you have that already. I think with Aaron Donald, with Indomitian Sue, you're getting instant pressure up the gut. Now, mm -hmm. outside, I, I still think you're looking for that guy or those guys. Yes. But it doesn't mean that you still can't get consistent pressure from the outside, either schematically or just guys doing their job. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Or you have, in certain situations where you have that four-man front, you put Sue on the outside and then he beats whoever he has to beat and then he gets another sack. He's done that three straight weeks. Yeah. So that's another way for the Rams to get pressure in terms of edge rushing. Yeah, and I like that better when it's a surprise because it seems like Seattle had a plan for it when they saw him out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe the first time, but then like, if, 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 you, if you put Nick Vanette out there and you're trying to block Sue, who's in a wide nine technique, it's not gonna work. Good luck. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, and that's why yeah. Sue gets in there for the Russell Wilson. No side. doubt, so, okay. Yes. yes. Um, but I think just in terms of that edge pressure, uh, that's one of these topics where, you know, now I'm getting tweets that are like, the Rams need more edge. Like, are they going to trade? Are they going to trade? I don't see that You're happening. getting tweets now? Yeah. Where have you been? Oh, sorry. What? We've been talking about this since training camp. Oh, I know. And you're now I, getting? No, I'm saying, I'm just saying that wow. it's, it's a big topic this week. Like, in terms of the mailbag. How mail long have you been one? in a coma? No, I'm just saying. In terms of the mailbag questions yes, we okay. got this week, a oh. lot of them were about edge rushing and edge pressure and yeah. whether or not we think that the Rams will make a trade. I, I don't no. see a trade happening because, look, there are no more... <laughs> what are you trading open... for? Like, what are you going to trade? Right. A, what are you going to trade? B, who are you going to trade for? C, who's going to trade with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, at this point, it's no. not... No, ratchet not up the voltage on the cattle prod and get more out of the guys you have. Right. Yes. I think that that's what's going to happen because it, there's no other uh, Khalil Max on the market and there are no other teams like the Oakland Raiders who are going to deal away arguably their best player. You know what I'm right. saying? But so, if Khalil Mack is on the move, just saying, well, who wouldn't be interested? Everybody yeah, was interested, right. including the Los Angeles yeah, Rams. If you want to be that crazy. I know. mean, there were there were reports in the in the LA Times. I think Gary Klein Absolutely. wrote it. That the yeah. Rams were very interested. The Broncos would be interested. And they have Von Miller. Right. That's how good he is. Yes, yes. exactly. Um, so just but in terms of edge pressure, overall the Rams only have ten sacks right now. So it's sort of that bottom third of the league. Yeah, yeah. That it again, it's something that they need to get better at. That's all. That's the kind of last no thing doubt. I'm going to say. About Absolutely. That. All right. So let's preview the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. First thing we're going to do, we're going to see our old friend Case Keenum. Nice. How about that? Yeah, yeah. How have you seen him play? It's it's classic Case. Meaning what? There's 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 some brilliance there, and then there's some head scratching moments. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. It's a hell of a roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah. A little bit better than the Sam Bradford experience. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the Bradford experience just always ended in disappointment. This, at least, I mean, at least, Case keeps it exciting, you know? He does keep it exciting. He does. He keeps it fun. Absolutely. I, I always liked Case. I enjoyed covering Case. Yeah. He's a good guy. Um, it was good to see him have that success that he had last year in Minnesota, especially with the way everything worked I out root for Case. in 2016. Except yeah. when the Rams are playing yes, him. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. He right now is at five touchdowns to seven interceptions, and he's mm -hmm. also fumbled three times. Um, but they, fortunately for Denver, they've recovered all three of those fumbles. It, it, what I think you said is true. And watching the games I watched over the course of the week, it's like sometimes Case Keenum is right there on it, 
And other times it's just like, oh goodness, well, Case, what are you doing, man? You know, like, yeah. the last throw he made of the game, well, second to last throw he made of the game in, uh, against Kansas City on Monday yeah, yeah. Night Football a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He's got that guy, I think it was Demarius Thomas, open on the right sideline. That's a touchdown. That beats Kansas City at that point. And he missed him? He missed him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, and then you try the hook and ladder play on the next one, and then they fumble it, and bada bing, bada boom, Kansas City wins. You know, I was thinking about this um, on the way over and last night. It's just, I would like to be a running back or an offensive lineman with Case Keenum as a quarterback. I'm not sure if I want to be a receiver. Okay. Yeah. Because you're going to be able to run the ball, and you're going to run the ball and offensive linemen like that. And it was fun standing out there watching Case be a starting quarterback, and I got to see it from field level. Because I'd said this a couple of times. Sometimes I can't see him. Like the scrum I, gets it gets so thick in front of him that I lose sight of him. Long-time listeners of the Between the Horns podcast may remember yeah. you saying that. And then yeah. all of a sudden the ball comes out. Right. Like a surprise. You, you can't even see where it came from. Imagine being a receiver. Yeah. Yeah, you can't see when the ball's coming out. You can't really get a read. You have to adjust when it's in the air. It's, it must be tough being a receiver with Case Keenum as quarterback. Yes. I wonder what that team just is going to do in general at quarterback because, I mean, obviously Paxton Lynch didn't work out there. Mm -hmm. Now you have Chad Kelly, who is your backup to Case Keenum. And if Case Keenum continues to turn the ball over, well, that's going to be a problem going forward. No doubt. I mean, look, I don't think all of Denver's problems you can place on just one guy. For sure. I think there's a few things going on up there, and that's their problem. Like... Um, the run defense? Just, is that where you were There's going a lot that? of stuff going on up there right now. I mean, there's a lot of negative stuff coming out of Denver by way uh, of press. Yes. And, and not all of it has to do with X's and O's. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of teams go through that. The Rams went through that a few times. Yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. But on the field, they've got some players that can hurt you. They do. Yeah. Well, both of their running backs, in terms of Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, both rookies, but they are both playing very well. They've got Lindsay's the the undrafted guy, right? Yes, Lindsay I love is the that undrafted guy. guy. Yeah, I do too. You know, watching him, you, you see him. He just runs really hard. Yeah. And he just hits the hole and he runs it well. Absolutely. I, I like him. He bur- you ever heard burning the ships? No. Uh, Sun Tzu. Somebody was asking me this week, like. Miles, it seems like sometimes every, once a show you get baffled by Demarco's Demarcoisms. Oh yeah, this I, is, I, I this heard is, that. This is where I am right now. Burning ship? You never heard burning ships? Like no, if you, if you're coming to attack or take over a country and you have to go by boat, when you get there, burn the ships, which means okay. there is no retreat. You burn your own ships. You burn your I've own heard ships. Burning somebody else's. We're ships. here to win or we die. Okay. That's another way of saying that. Okay. That's the way that kid runs the ball. He is hell-bent for leather. I love it. Yeah, he is playing for keeps. Yes. Yeah, he's playing a different brand of ball than a lot of other people on the field with him. That's why I like him. Okay, so far he's rushed for 328 yards on 57 carries, averaging 5.8 yards per carry. And then Freeman is average, is getting 250 yards on 49 carries, three touchdowns, averaging 5.1 That would be number 24? Carry. Or t- 28. 28. 28, yeah. Yes. I, I, when he comes in, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good running backs and, you know, a, a good, good offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Denver, you know, yeah. I'm going back to the days of Mike Shanahan with John Elway. They mm-hmm. always play, a, they always have good running games. Yeah. They always do. Good it running games. It doesn't matter whoever you plug in there, it's yeah. going to work. And good, smart offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now they are number three in the league in rushing, 685 total yards, and then 5.6 yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at that, 
and that's tops in the league, 5.6 yards per attempt. And you're looking at the Rams, who are 29th, giving up five yards a carry. You know their strategy is going to be, let's run the ball, because they don't seem to be able to stop it. Well, that's what I, I can't wait to see, because this will be a little bit different than what you saw in Seattle, because Russell Wilson is such a run threat. Like, he's actually in the run game. Yes. This might be a little bit different. Case okay. Keenum can scramble. He can make plays with his legs, no doubt. That's different. That's a different animal than facing a dual-threat quarterback. Right. So this will be a more traditional smash-mouth affair. So I wonder how – I think the Rams will fare, fare better against this running game than they did against Seattle. I think that that's fair. Um, in terms of the other side of the ball, for the, uh, the Broncos' defense, having a tough time stopping the run, 323 mm -hmm. yards rushing surrendered versus the Jets last week. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Saw that. Yeah, um, a lot of missed tackles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and they had some schematic problems where it seemed like they were misaligned or couldn't get the line, and running backs were just you know running through wide open holes. Right. Yeah. Where the free hitter was on the wrong side of the of the of the formation. So uh, those sort of things tend to put you on Sports Center uh -huh. with big rushing days. But like anything else, when they did play it right, they have some big guys, some prideful guys that can stack it up. Uh, as a matter of fact, I love their nose tackle, Pecco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 years, 13 years, never been to a Pro Bowl. Really? N never been to a Pro Bowl. And the guy is just, he's great at what he does. He is an A-gap, run-stuffing guy. He's good. This will be a good challenge for, for Sullivan this week. Mm -hmm. Can you handle this run thug by yourself? We'll see. Yeah. And the, the Rams are going to need to do that, uh, especially given the weather report. It's going to be cold. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this, DeMarco? Like, the last time I checked, it was, like, 30 as a high. God, what's wrong with you guys? Who cares? That's yeah. all I've heard about is the weather for the last two and a half days. Who cares? I don't know. I'm just thinking Jeez. that, like, me, I don't know. I'm, because here's why I think it's, it's, an, it's at least a deal. Maybe not a big deal or a little. I, I think it's something yeah. that you have to think about. The Rams are going to play in practice, I should say, in 70 to 80 degree weather this week. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go to a place that is going to be 50 degrees colder than that. Right. And they have an advantage because they're in it. Right. For most of the that's, time this week. That's the only, oh. say, the only reason why I think it's somewhat significant. I just, I've heard it, these, these little group chats or text messages, and all they keep talking about is weather. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Well, that's because people in Southern California are obsessed with weather. It's football season, man. You're going to hit cold weather at some oh, point. I know. Don't be shocked. Bring the long underwear and... Let's go. Yeah, go to that storage unit and pick that out. Thank you very much. But this is offensive lineman weather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is the bigs weather. When it gets cold up front, this is where the bigs start to step up and play that big bully game. This is where Jackie Slater comes around and... Rips sleeves off. Yeah, and just gets <laughs> mean and nasty. Absolutely. Yeah. Being a defensive player when, it, when it's cold sucks. Being an offensive player, especially on the O-line... You're right at home. Right. Yeah. Because you're going to run the ball. I think Todd Gurley is going to get a good amount of touches in this game, obviously. I mean, for obvious reasons. Look, look, mm -hmm. if they, if Denver can't stop the run like they couldn't stop the run last week against New York, this game, like you were saying about mm -hmm. last week's game, this game's going to be over in a hurry. I, you know, as, as long as you play your best game and you don't turn the ball over. If you don't turn the ball over and you stay, and I hate to keep overusing this, stay on schedule, mm -hmm. stay ahead of the chains, and let this game play out like it should, I think the Rams are better than the Broncos. Yes. Than Todd Gurley, than whomever. Whatever game plan you have that day will have success. But if you're short-circuiting yourself with, with turnovers and you're giving the ball to them on short fields and you're taxing your defense, well, you can make 
any team into a great contender for the day. Yes. And make any game into a dogfight. Yes, exactly. If if the Rams are playing their game and they're not turning the ball over, like you said, and they're they're not committing pre-snap penalties, mm-hmm. you're getting holding calls or you know shooting yourself in the foot, mm-hmm. then yes, you should be able to go out and execute and, and do what you need to do. No doubt. And it's not and I don't think it's any disrespect to somebody like Von Miller. To, who is one of the best edge rushers in the entire National Football League. Mm-hmm. Got another guy over there, Bradley Chubb, rookie. He's coming Whew. on. Shane Ray is another guy. Mm-hmm. that they, they can rotate in pass rushers. But the way to negate that is through a good running game, and that's exactly what you saw with the Jets last week. No doubt. And But look, you're going to have to come hard down the hard road at some point because they are going to stop the run in certain situations, and it's going to be third to mile. And you're going to have to find ways to block Von Miller. Yes. So whoever lines up with that responsibility, accept it, assume it, and go out and do your best. Right. Yeah, he's one of the best pass rushers out there, but it's not like he can't be blocked. Right. At least for this play. He's right. only He only has four sacks, which yeah. is not it's not only four. But you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Like It's not like he's getting a sack on every pass. No, pass. no. But I, I love it. He reminds me. Did, did you ever get to see Derek Thomas play? I don't think so. It's like Derek Thomas reincarnated yeah. uh, when he played for the Chiefs. He does this thing I call... I call it drift and dash. Okay. He's so quick off the edge, and he's so much of a threat that you have to honor that the tackle or whoever's blocking him is going to keep his eyes on on him, on Von Miller. So what he'll do is just run you beyond the quarterback until the quarterback is standing right here and just dart right back in and make Uh a play. And you never touched him. It's like, dang, I I didn't even get a hand on him. Right, because he just baited you up the field. He's a dart. He's a drift guy and then dash. He's amazing. Yeah. He can hurt you. Yeah. So well, the Rams are definitely going to have to prevent that. So any yeah. other parting shots before we let them That's go? That's it? We're done already? Yeah, man. We've Is been that an hour? Almost 55 minutes, I think. Gosh, it's cold. It's going to be cold in Denver. Miles is worried. Dude, I, I am worried. I don't have Miles any, is dude, worried. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about your clothing options. Good Lord, Miles. I just don't have any. Wear this. You'll be fine. No, I will not. Oh, come on. You're supposed to be cold. It's the winter time. or getting close. Well, we'll see. We'll Gosh. see how bungled up I am for Rams pregame live. You can check that out with the two of us. About uh, twelve twenty. He's going to be wearing time. sleeves, a scarf, a hat. I'm only wearing a jacket. He's going to have a hot pocket in his pocket. Snowing. Yeah. Long underwear. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this of edition of Between the Horns Kickoff. Rams at Broncos on Fox at 1.05 Pacific Time. Also catch the call on ESPN LA with JB Long, MJD, and Demarco Farr. Enjoy the game. Waterproof Timberlands right now. <laughs> Seven,